we have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. When I went to sleep, Trump had to leave. How the hell we go from election day to election week? Most of us got it wrong again. They must have been confused. But I tell y'all about shit myself when I turn on the morning news. Cause they found pilots Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Armchair Survivalist. My name is Kurt Wilson. I'm the Armchair Survivalist, and today is November the 15th in the year 2020. Again, welcome to the show. If you go to armchairsurvivalist.com, you can find out how to listen to me in all kinds of different ways. You just scroll down bottom of the page. You will see all the ways to listen to me. I'm on every podcast venue there is from iHeartRadio to Pandora to Spotify. Uh, I'm, I'm on satellite. You can listen to me on your cell phone. And I'm, I'm going to concise this stuff as much as I can because I've got a lot to talk about today. Let me get the uh, information for my company, Survival Enterprises, out of the way. We will no longer be carrying the Ultimate Daily Vitamin. Uh, those are the very powerful, strong multiples that you can take. You know, just one or two a day, and you get pretty much everything, and it's all green foods. Problem is, is that my formulators can't get most of the ingredients anymore because of this uh, phony uh, pandemic that they're uh, trying to use to you pretty much reset everything on Earth. So that was one of our largest sellers. I don't know what we're going to do. I, I'm going to try and find a replacement for it. I've got no clue what's going to happen. And also, we no longer carry the dried Swedish herbs to where you make your own Swedish bitters. That's gone. Okay. Now, any of you out there who are ordering liquids, colloidal silver, colloidal minerals, Lul's iodine, ionic minerals, all of this, all of the liquids, order them now. 
because winter's here if you haven't figured it out by now and things freeze that's the problem we are right on top of shipping we we monitor the weather nationwide so if uh, you order something and it's freezing in that area or between us and you it won't be shipped so you need to uh, call us 800-753-1981 place an order talk to us find out when we can ship the whole nine yards you can go online also SE1, Samuel Edwards, the numeral one, SE1.us, survivalenterprises.com. Poke around in the health department there, look at the stuff we got for sale. If you're ordering liquids, again, do it as quickly as you can. All right, now we're going to get into the health department. So Biden has come out with all of the people that he wants to use in his new cabinet and his new organization. And one of them is a coronavirus advisor. And this guy has a group of people that he works with, and, and they all come to the conclusion that the United States, because we're, we're an imperialist nation, should not have any vaccine first. The vaccines that any, any vaccine that's uh, created should go everywhere else in the world first, and then America last. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you guys know this. Well, you probably do if you listen to me, or you probably do if you listen to damn near anyone with any intelligence. The CDC came out and revealed that hospitals counted heart attacks as COVID-19 deaths. <laughs> There's a little bit more to it than that. The latest numbers from the CDC reveal hospitals have been counting patients who died from serious pre-existing conditions as COVID-19 deaths. One America's Pearson Sharp has more as the CDC counts over 51,000 patients who died from heart attacks as opposed to coronavirus. The Centers for Disease Control have updated their death counts for coronavirus and reveal yet again that COVID-19 is rarely the actual cause of death among coronavirus patients. According to the CDC themselves, of the 220,000 deaths attributed to the coronavirus, 87,000 of them died from pneumonia and influenza. Another 17,000 died from chronic respiratory diseases and 26,000 died from respiratory distress syndrome. 44,000 patients died from hypertensive diseases, 23,000 died from heart disease, and a whopping 28,000 died from cardiac arrest and heart failure. Yet all of these, even patients who died from heart attacks, were marked down as dying from the coronavirus. Doctors who spoke with One American News explained that 131,000 patients who are being considered COVID-19 deaths already had life-ending diseases, including cancer, dementia, and even end-stage renal failure. And according to the CDC again, if you look at place of death, you'll see that some 10,000 patients who died from COVID were on hospice care, meaning they were terminally ill to begin with and were already expected to die. Doctors tell One American News that all of these patients were critically ill and likely died from their pre-existing conditions without any help from the coronavirus. However, they explain that the CARES Act, passed by Congress in March, gives hospitals a 20% bonus on their diagnosis-related group paid for by Medicare. Essentially, that means doctors are being paid to list deaths as coronavirus without any indication the patient's death was actually COVID-related. 
1918 Spanish flu is often used as an example of a comparable pandemic, and perhaps it's more comparable than most people realize, according to the National Institutes of Health and even Dr. Anthony Fauci himself. In a 2008 paper explained that the majority of deaths during the 1918 and 1919 pandemic were not caused by the influenza alone. Instead, Dr. Fauci says that the vast majority of deaths were caused by bacterial pneumonia. Exactly what the CDC shows we're witnessing again today. The CDC backs these numbers up, explaining that coronavirus itself is responsible for just 6% of all deaths listed as coronavirus-related. The other 94% of deaths are due to pre-existing comorbidities, including serious illnesses and advanced age. However, despite this report being officially published by the CDC, so far the mainstream media have completely ignored it, instead continuing to hype a pandemic that seems less dangerous every day. As you know, that uh, any hospital that admits somebody who they claim has coronavirus, uh, they get $100,000, $200,000 from the federal government. And if that person dies and they claim it's death due to coronavirus, they get an automatic extra $20,000 bonus. Yeah, more and more people are realizing it's worthless. This PCR, this is the test that everyone's using. This is the why. This is why you're hearing how hundreds of thousands of people are testing positive every day in the United States. It's because they're using the PCR test, and the elite know this. The governments know this. That test does not test for, for COVID-19. It tests for any coronavirus. You got the sniffles, you got a coronavirus. That's how fraudulent this has gotten. In fact, the FDA has already come out with a warning and said that these you're getting false positives. 60% of the tests for the PCR tests are false positive. 60%. Even the FDA is saying that. Oh, there's, um, and I, I don't know how many of you are out there are using this, but there's a drug called metformin. It's used in type 2 diabetes. Now, those of you who have type 2 diabetes and you're using a drug, any drug, you need to pay attention to this because metformin might be under a generic name. It contains a carcinogen. In other words, something that causes cancer. So they are discontinuing metformin. If this is part of your regime every day, pay attention because it's uh, it's dangerous to take. We're hearing more and more about how many thousands and thousands of children are getting COVID-19. Remember, this PCR test, false positive. So let's see, 61,000 children got COVID last week. It's a record. Oh, and every day you hear this on the news. Oh, it's a new record. A new record. And every day it's a new record. It's a new record. It's like voting. How many millions of people do we have in the United States and how many millions of them have already tested positive? Probably more than we actually have. And here's the funny part. Musk, millionaire, right? He decides to go get a test. So he takes four tests. So he, he kind of wants to know, is this real? Is this not? So what he does is he go takes a test and it says positive. So then he goes home and he takes a shower, cleans up, goes back, has another test, says negative. Wait a minute. So he has a cup of tea, waits a little bit, and the next thing you hear, he's positive again. Then he's negative. Well, he said what everybody else says. Uh, There's something totally bogus going on. Now, let me get personal with you. After you've used the toilet, do you leave the lid up when you flush? Or do you close the lid when you flush? I don't care which, what you know, what you do. Just well, I have a little article here which actually has a graphic that you you might want to take a look at. It explains why you should always close the lid on the toilet when you flush. 
I'm not going to go into it because it is graphic. I'll leave that to you guys to decide, but uh, it'll be there in the links. All right, now we're going to get into the food department. So testing has shown generality that one in five grocery store workers have COVID-19. Now, I've always said, how bad can a disease be if you have to have a test to find out if you have it? But grocery store workers interact with more people than most other businesses. One in five of them show positive for COVID-19. Now, they're asymptomatic, meaning they're not showing any symptoms. See, this is this whole thing, any sane person would look at and go, this is bogus as hell. This is ridiculous. But according to the test, uh, one in five grocery store workers have COVID-19. Oh, well. There is a trucker strike that is being threatened. You might have heard about it in some of the alternative news. I see. I saw the original YouTube post where this gentleman was talking about it. But basically, let me read you the original article. Our message is simple and hopefully effective. We fully intend to exercise our rights and will not have politicians making crippling decisions that will negatively affect our future and the future of our children. President Trump has worked diligently for four long years to protect the rights and freedoms of all Americans and, very importantly, the blue-collar workers of this country. The blue-collar workers are literally the ones that make the wheels turn. Without truck drivers, this country could not survive for long. Our intention is not to harm anyone. We would like to make a point that we do not wish for any companies or private truck drivers supplying any kind of medical supplies and or services to participate in our movement. With that being said, we will stop all tires for 24 hours on Veterans Day, the 11th of November. Now, I haven't heard anything about it, so I don't know. I haven't heard any, if anything did that. But we want to do it again to have a second stop of tires for four full days from the 26th of November to the 29th of November. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, this is just, uh, you know, there's been trucker strikes before out there. I have no idea what, what's going to happen with that one. The uh, Ice Age Farmer has something to say about what's going on with this, with this, uh, as he calls it, this green new meal. Taco Bell restaurants are going 100% green. Now, they're going to have the same menu items that you've come to know and love, but none of the ingredients are taken from nature. And that means zero environmental impact. So joining us now live is Paul Lancaster, spokesman from Taco Bell. Hi, Paul. Hello, Jim. Hello, Tracy. Now, Paul, nothing on Taco Bell's new menu uses anything that came from nature. Not a single ingredient. Starting this week, all of the ingredients that we use are going to be produced in labs by special Taco Bell food synthesizers. Wow, and it tastes the same as before, Paul. Can't even tell the difference. Oh, the lettuce looks so realistic. Now, how hard was it to make the leap into the eco-friendly menu? Well, at Taco Bell, we have a long tradition of uh, taking as little as possible from the natural world. Right. Our ground beef, for example, has always been fairly eco-friendly. It's 85% gluten filler, 8% petroleum-based grease flavoring, but it's always had 4% meat. Well, that's bad from real livestock. Well, exactly right. But with Taco Bell's new green initiative, we've actually been able to replace that 4% meat with a simple chemical adhesive. So you're not wasting food or water to feed the cattle. That's right. And because you're using no natural ingredients whatsoever anymore, I understand you're able to add something that you're calling super green supreme menu items that you never would have been able to do before. Yes. At Taco Bell Gym, we are changing the definition of food. Starting next month, we're introducing the ultimate grande crunchador, which is jam-packed with chunks of an ingredient that has no equivalent in the natural world. Wow, that does We also have a new chalupa. 
yes. which removes the carbon dioxide and pollution from the air around it so that it helps reduce global warming. Look at that. So we're eating at Taco Bell, we're cleaning the earth. That's right. Wow. Amazing. What are these science guys going to think Amazing. up next? Huh? In three years, we're planning to start melting down all of the lids, the straws, and the wrappers that the food comes in and recycle it into new Taco Bell foods. You will actually be eating the garbage you produce. Isn't that something? Oh. That's quite an inspiration. Yeah. yeah, so a little bit of fun, but also this is literally a litany of things that are actually going on right now. Social engineering being deployed through the major fast food companies, big multinational corporations, saying the words, we are reinventing food, redefining food. We also heard that, of course, the elimination of meat, substituting completely unnatural ingredients from lab-grown proteins they mentioned. They talked about some of our food will be created and will absorb CO2 from the air, which is actually happening now. There's a startup called Air Protein, synthesizing proteins using air, uh, CO2 from the air, of course, and the upcycled food. They mentioned we're going to take trash and serve it back to you. That's happening too in the $50 billion a year industry known as upcycled food. So although that was a 2012 piece from The Onion, it was actually highly predictive in what's going on right now. Such is also the case with the April Fool's joke from last year from McDonald's. They announced April 1st, 2019. They said, we're going to be unveiling a completely 3D uh, printed burger in 2020. And while McDonald's has not delivered on that April Fool's predictive programming, KFC, of course, has. They have introduced this year their new 3D printed chicken nuggets. It was deployed a, a Russian test prototype version of it, but planned to come soon to KFC near you. So you can have 3D printed protein at your fast food joint, a multinational company attempting to take total control over your food supply. You can see it aligns completely with the predictive programming in the past and a number of other Hollywood references as well that we won't go into now because what is happening from McDonald's today is that they have unveiled through a partnership with Beyond Meat their new McPlant burger. I can't uh, think of a better name. We'll just call it the McPlant, I guess. The burger is created by McDonald's and for McDonald's. Yes, it sounds like a joke. It's a terrible name. Rather than the bean-laden veggie burgers of yore, these meat substitutes are now aiming to recreate the texture and the taste of meat. They can be eaten by vegetarians, but are more likely to be marketed to uh, those who like meat but are, are, are trying to save the environment. Thank you, McDonald's, for saving the planet through your McPlant. Nestle, as well, as I mentioned, has really started blazing trails in the plant-based protein world, insect-based protein world, that is, by opening up a new line of products that is targeted at pets and involves insect-based proteins. The uh, line of pet food, which is called, again, it's always Beyond or Impossible or Yummy or some name like this, it's Purina's Beyond Nature's protein line and is going to, you know, have insect protein that you feed your pets. Quote, insect protein offers a more sensible alternative to owners who want to offer livestock-free meat, right? Dairy without the cow, meat without the livestock. That is the theme of food tech, the food replacement industry, and it's in fast-forward high gear right now, rather than homemade vegetarian or vegan diets, which result in dogs that are not happy, but not content at just taking your dog meat away and giving them insect bugs. Nestle's also announced that they're moving rapidly into your food. They want to come for your lockdown cravings, and we see the CEO is trying to reshape the food and drink portfolio of the largest food company in the world. By, by and large, most food is controlled by, it's just like media, it's just like five or six multinational companies that have bought up all the competition, just like the seed companies, Monsanto, Syngent, 
uh, so is the case with processed foods and, and food distribution as well. Nestle now signaling with Unilever, Mars, these big multinationals like Walmart, they want to decarbonize their food supply chains and uh, sell you insects. So you read down here, they're moving more, realigning towards a more vegan lifestyle, vegan products. And uh, down here, quote, a plant-based milk alternative using fava beans is one of their new offerings from Nestle. Again, milk without the cow. And then another plant-based drink using seeds and spices aimed at young flexitarians. Yes, that exploding market. Sure to see double-digit growth and make the board very happy. Nice job, Nestle CEO. We all know that the real boss of that CEO is not the board of directors. It is the, the World Economic Forum and the UN and these other think tanks that are giving him his marching orders. Push the public onto insects. Get them off of meat. Push them onto vegan diets. It's not just the big multinational companies, though, that are doing this. Here's Canada announcing that they need to um, start incentivizing dairy farmers to quit, to just stop producing milk because we got bean-based milk, whatever it was, nasty veggie milk now, so we don't need your cows anymore. Starbucks, also another big multinational, has reduced the amount of dairy that they're serving out to their customers now as part of their own corporate sustainability plan to save the environment, just like Taco Bell, right? But here it is, quote, the government needs to create then, because of Starbucks, the Canadian government now needs to create a voluntary program for dairy farmers to exit the industry, to sell their cows, to stop producing food the old-fashioned way. This is a total technocratic takeover of food, and it's happening quickly right now. UK government, I've mentioned before, is also themselves sponsoring new large industrial-scale insect farms, and now the UK is also exploring in order to help meet their farm-to-fork objectives and the UN sustainability goals. We need to add a carbon tax to meet in order to save the planet. The goal is to have this in place by 2025 in order to protect both public health and the planet. So again, that appeal, it's exactly the same language we saw from the Eat Lancet Commission when they said there's one lever and it is food that we must pull in order to solve the two existential crises facing humanity right now, the public health crisis of COVID and the environmental sustainability crisis of climate change. And now we're pulling that lever. We're taking away your meat, feeding your dog bugs. We're going to feed you bugs soon enough. And by 2025, we're going to have a luxury tax on meat so that we can push you onto these new unnatural products. I keep laughing because the Taco Bell piece is just so on point and it's it's exactly where we are now. I wish it weren't. Let me also remind you that this carbon tax now being proposed is the way we're going to meet our sustainable development goals was the outcome of the George Soros funded John Podesta run food chain reaction game which simulated a global collapse of the food supply after a pandemic in the year 2020. It's exactly the script we're walking through now and beyond more global governance, it also ended with a meat tax in order to help more sustainable goals. That's where we are now. Now we're going to do the liberal psychosis. And this is about the party of racism, intolerance, anger, hate, fraud, violence, and fear. All for the past, what is it, eight months, six months, however long it's been, 10 years, We've had this communist organization called Antifa that's been causing problems nationwide and worldwide, for that matter. It's a communist organization, and I have no idea why they haven't been declared and uh, basically dispossessed from the United States. They're not our friends, if you haven't figured this out yet. Hannity uh, did an interview with a whistleblower from Antifa, and I want you to 
listen to this closely because you're going to understand why the public school system is so vital in the training of new communists. How did you end up in the arms of Antifa? Did you find them or did they find you? So it's, it's a very complicated story, but I can really boil it down to this. When I first came to this country, I hated America. And the reason I hated it, it was because I had two different groups of people planting seeds in my head to be an anti-American person. First of all, it was Spanish networks like Univision and Telemundo. A lot of people talk about CNN being biased, but really they just don't speak Spanish to see what's going on there because a lot of their stories are uniquely targeted to Hispanics to make them feel marginalized and make it seem like it's uh, Hispanics against America. But not only that, also in middle school and high school, I had several different radical left-wing teachers who basically told me to hate America. I had one specific one. He was a biology teacher. And I remember instead of teaching us biology, he would stand in front of the classroom and call us stupid if we believed in God. And of course, his children weren't stupid because he raised them to be atheists. And I mean, once you're bombarded with so many uh, anti-American beliefs and sentiments, it's easy for somebody growing up in this country to begin to hate America. And eventually, that's how I joined the anti-fascist movement because I was preconditioned to hate this country. You sought them out is what you're saying. You were like, okay, this place is terrible. These guys are fighting against it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go join them. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, the first time I put on the black mask was in uh, Claremont, California in 2011. And I saw that the National Socialist Movement, which is a terribly racist group, was coming to, to close to my city. And I was fired up. I wanted to do something. And I believe that America and the neo-Nazis were one and the same. I mean, these people are the type of people that wear the American flag and also a, a Nazi symbol. But not only that, I also saw the police defending the right to free speech. So and my young mind kept thinking, well, they're one and the same. The police and the Nazis are all working together. I didn't understand that America is much more complicated than that. There are competing rights that we must live with because otherwise that hurts our republic. Even as hateful as some people may be in like who are Nazis or who are straight fascists, like legitimate fascists, they deserve the right to free speech because that's what America is all about. You join Antifa, you get out there, you put on the black mask. What made you change your mind about it? Did you start to see that the violence was for violence sake or did you start to read or listen to different voices? What made you question, hey, wait a second, these guys might not be doing what's right here? So I first started having questions about the anti-fascist movement. Um, well, I was involved for about a year and a half, but I first started having questions when my economics teacher introduced me to great economic minds like Milton Friedman and Thomas Sowell. Now, I got to tell you, I think they're great now, but at the time I didn't like them, but I found them interesting. So what I wanted to do was debate these issues. Well, my friends, they were all part of the anti-fascist movement. And, you know, for being an anarchist at the time, that was the very first time I was called a capitalist pig just for asking questions. That's when I started to realize that, you know, these people aren't. I don't, mean, uh, to, I don't mean to laugh at that. I'm sorry. I'm la- I don't mean to laugh at that. But OK. And that's when I realized that these people are not interested in having conversations and searching for truth. Antifa is about destruction. Antifa does not stand for something. It stands against everything they don't like. And that it is American society. All right. I got to I, I got to ask the conspiracy theory question. You know, we know somebody's sure. funding. You know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Did the name George Soros, was that ever bounced around or is that just, you know, something you didn't hear at all? And, you know, and behind the black mass, I specifically talk about um, the funding issue. Uh, a lot of people want to say that George Soros is funding this because, like, you know, he's a, a big donor in, in, on the left. 
Antifa is much more dangerous than this because if it's some national organization funding this, then we can take it down. But it's Antifa is organized in a very grassroots manner, and that's very dangerous because it reveals that there's countless of young Americans who are feel justified and feel righteous in actually attacking people. They're not motivated by money. What about when they finally get some payback? Because we've seen enough videos of you see a group of people, black block, black masks, you know, the umbrellas, all that stuff. And then they get served pretty hard by someone they didn't expect would actually take a swing back. Does that change any minds when, when you know, because Mike Tyson always said everyone's got to play until they get punched in the face. Every time I hear that people are meeting on the streets, um, I actually find that a little bit dangerous because every time you meet them on the streets, let's say that uh, some proud Americans, they go ahead and they start, they, they meet Antifa on the streets and they beat them up. Well, what happens the next day? Antifa decides to come back with more people and then they beat up these Americans. And well, these other Americans, they come back with more people and they start beating up Antifa. Eventually, this cycle of violence continues and you have bigger brawls on the street. And then eventually things escalate, as we've been seeing. Antifa is beginning to murder people like we saw in Portland. Uh, meeting on them on the streets is not the solution. I think we need to pressure politicians like Mayor Ted Wheeler in Portland to finally crack down on Antifa because the government is really a neutral party who can really maintain peace. If, if you go back and study the history of German Antifa, which was born out of out of mm-hmm. the fall of the Nazi Party, right? It was people that started uh, just harassing government workers who were leftovers from from the old Nazi government. Then it became more dark and more violent. But their basic plan was to appear at least a structural because they thought that U.S. Uh, intelligence operatives were in Berlin and they didn't want people looking into their activities. Is that true for American Antifa? Is it really this just sort of, you know, ragtag cabal or is there a little bit more of an organizing structure around it? Well, the best way to understand Antifa is not to see it as a group or an idea like Joe Biden likes to say. The best way to understand Antifa is to see it as a movement. And within this movement, you have several different radical left-wing organizations. Some of them use the name of Antifa, such as Rose City Antifa, but many do not. At the end of the day, though, all these groups use the label of Antifa to hide behind so they don't really identify the real uh, the real names of the groups that they're involved with. All right, Rose City Antifa, I know, is allegedly the oldest. Mm-hmm. What do these people do for a living? Like, where do they go outside of lockdowns? Where do they go to work? Where you know? Do they, where do they go home at night? Like, where do these people go when this is all over? Sooner or later, they get you know it's all over, and they you know they take their black bandanas and hoodie sweatshirts off, and they go home. What are most of them like when they're not in the? black block garb a lot of them do have jobs and they try to like uh, for example when i was i was 17 at the time but i had a job and i work at a factory and a lot of the money that i earned i definitely put back into my activism whether it be paying for transportation or getting supplies like spray spray paint all that thing all those things but one thing that a lot of people don't understand about it american antifa at least is that it started in 1988 as a music movement with the anti-racist action. If you look at the punk culture and the the anarcho-punk culture, those were the original groups. So that's still in, in present today. A lot of times if you, especially in Portland, you will see that they have a, a lively punk scene and they have a lot of bookshops and a lot of cultural things because to them, Antifa is more than just politics. It's a very cultural thing, which is why so many young people are drawn to it because it's a community that they all can be part of. I'll tell you, I'm wearing a blue suit and a black tie right now, but on most normal days, I'm wearing a Misfits t-shirt or something like that. I, I grew up listening to punk rock, and I can't stand that they hijacked it that way. I want to move into a, a different angle real quick. You, you said earlier about the Nazis, 
And I said to you as we were setting up the interview, the problem that we face with Antifa and and the sort of academic or, dare I say, intellectual push behind it is that they're trying to import that Nazi National Socialist versus communist dynamic and claim anyone who's against them is a Nazi. Constitutional conservatives, libertarians, those people were, there there was no such, there was no part of that equation in Germany. And it's like, they don't understand that I don't like Nazis either, right? I I don't want a, a part of either one of them. I'm not taking either side here. I'm a constitutional conservative and a libertarian. You can't call a libertarian a fascist. Libertarians are the opposite of fascists. Exactly. And the problem is that so many professors are not really teaching students how to think. They're teaching them what to think. And it's because they see themselves as activists first and educators second. It really all goes back to college campuses. Again, my book, Behind the Black Mask, it reveals basically the Antifa network wide open and a lot of the things that I did. But the book is more than that. In my book, I describe the activism that I've done as a conservative activist for the last five years. And I can tell you that so many professors belittle conservative thought. They they treat conservative students and libertarian students, for that matter, as if they were criminals. And that's just not right, because as educators, they have this position of authority that so many left-wing students, they begin to believe them and say, well, this conservative student is a criminal. I should attack them because I'm defending people. I mean, their mentality is just outrageous. And every single day, young students are, are sit in these classes and learn to be more hateful against people who disagree with them. Last question. Has there been any backlash? Any of any of your old uh, comrades uh, tried to dox you or come after you and say, hey, man, you're a sellout? Have you had any backlash since leaving and writing this book? One of the good things about Antifa is that a lot of people cycle out. And at least in the younger parts, typically those people who stay in longer, they're the more dangerous. But for me, I was only involved for about a year and a half. And that was in 2011, 2012. And then for about five, six years, I stayed silent. I didn't really talk about it. So those people who were once my comrades, they're not even part of the movement, as, as, as far as I can tell, at the very least. Um, so I've been thankful that nobody has even nobody that I was ever organized with has even like noticed that I'm doing this. Um, but you know something, I, I do I do get a lot of um, negative things happening. I was just at Virginia Tech a few uh, a few days ago, and I had a bunch of different self-proclaimed members of Antifa try to disrupt my event. Uh, this girl specifically, she would not just she every time I said something, she would just start yelling at me, calling me a fascist, calling me all the names. And I mean, you have to remember that. Even though maybe my comrades are no longer involved, there's always new people getting involved into the Antifa movement. And it's a growing problem because it's growing worse and worse by the day. The Democrat Party in the United States has accepted Antifa as their arm of thuggery that they use to control and create fear amongst all the population of the United States. You know, all you have to do is look at the effects that the Democrats are creating on the world. Never mind the world. Hell, look at the United States. Delaware just elected a transvestite. And my first statement would be, can you believe that? Well, of course you can believe that. I will have links up. I've decided I'm going to be having these links up. In Oklahoma, Oklahoma, they elected a Muslim pervert female. I'm not, she's a switch hitter. She She claims she's not any genetic type of male, female, or whatever. Now, many of us have said many times, the public school is the insertion point for the training of our children to become social justice warriors and communists. There is, and you know, you parents who let your kids go to public school, you're complicit in this. You are. I don't 
carry your damn excuses. You let your child go to public school, you're allowing them to be propagandized by these people. There is a magazine, Rethinking Schools, and I've talked to you about this. Rethinking Schools. It focuses on teaching for black lives and includes article poems and guest uh, uh, editorials. Okay, this is what your kids are being taught in all schools, not just public schools. I guarantee you. What the teachers do is they use these booklets to teach people how to be the new social justice warriors. Let me give you some of the ideas. Pledge to participate in Black Lives Matter at school. Black Lives Matter at school, a roundtable discussion. The uprising and our schools, educators speak out. Song for Tamir Rice. Teaching the radical Rosa Parks. Cops don't keep kids safe at school. The case against school police. Okay, this goes on and on. And this is what your children are being taught. You want to see what your kids are being taught? I'll have the link up. You go there and you watch it. Now, remember what category we're under, the liberal psychosis. So everything I'm talking about is from their perverted minds. Michigan State University is eliminating words like foreign and alien so that the criminal aliens out there will feel more inclusive when they go to the Michigan State University. Remember Reverend Wright? This is that guy, uh, that black racist that Obama spent a bunch of his time with. He has a famous saying now, there's no peace in America until whites begin to hate their whiteness. Being white is now a crime. And it is has been, except now that these people have been emboldened by the communists in our Congress and Senate and the disgusting creatures that rule us, You will call them Democrats. I call them communists. They feel that they have the right to correct the world, and and the uh, wrongness that they need to correct is white. Well, let's see. Surprise, surprise. Seattle homelessness explodes with no end in sight. Of course not. Uh, Murderopolis, I mean, uh, Minneapolis, you know, they're defunding the police department there. And those of you out there who live in an area where they're, quote-unquote, defunding the police, when that means they're taking some funds away. That doesn't mean they're closing them down. It means they're taking some funds away. Don't be surprised when violence surges, because cops won't, they just won't take it. In many of these places that are ruled by communists, they uh, will not allow the police to use batons, water cannons, mace, pepper spray. Definitely you're not allowed to use firearms. So when they have riots there, what do the cops do? shake their hands at them, take a knee. No, it doesn't work. CBS has decided to assist in this um, de-whitening of America. So from now on, Survivor, Love Island, Big Brother are going to mandatorily have at least at least 50% of the participants people of color. That's that's uh, yeah, that's right. So they're the whites are going to be relegated to no more than 50% of the participants. Now, if you think Seattle homelessness is bad, wait till you hear how bad L.A. has gotten to. It's impossible to miss on L.A.'s streets of shame. Heaps of trash near homeless encampments piling up higher and higher. For two years now, the NBC4i team has been reporting on the public health problems that this creates for all of us. And tonight, investigative reporter Joel Grover shows us why the garbage problem has gotten so much worse during the pandemic. 
You have to see it to believe it. A car owned by a homeless man in Venice, literally covered with trash from bumper to bumper, spilling into the street. We found another car like it near downtown, littered with rotting food, and another one in Woodland Hills. On nearly every on-ramp and off-ramp on streets in the city and the San Fernando Valley, piles of uncollected trash near homeless tents have been getting bigger, sometimes attracting armies of maggots. Not to mention the smell. The stench around here is horrific. Bodily fluids everywhere. Before the pandemic, every week, city sanitation crews used to show up at large encampments, have residents move their tents, then they'd clear away all the trash and disinfect the streets. But in March, the city stopped doing those comprehensive cleanups, citing suggested guidance by the CDC to allow people in encampments to remain where they are. The result? Trash piles like this one one on Madison Avenue near Beverly Boulevard now take up nearly an entire city block. The problem is just as bad near the beach in Venice, where Alan Parsons lives. Whenever you have trash that's not getting picked up, vermin and insects know no boundary. The city tells the I-Team sanitation crews now do what it calls spot cleanings near large encampments. That means picking up mainly trash that's visible from the street, not moving tents, and leaving behind some dangerous waste. There is often and food waste, human waste in tents or behind tents. You're not removing that. I can't touch it. Pepe Garcia of the L.A. Bureau of Sanitation. Do you wish you could be doing a better job? Oh, I know I could be doing a better job. This block of East 5th Street used to get a thorough cleaning by the city every week, but no more. Just behind these tents, the owner of this business recently found maggots crawling on his sidewalk and coming into his building. It has been six months since these sidewalks have been cleaned. The city was moving tents and cleaning sidewalks two years ago during a typhus outbreak. And six years ago, it was doing it during a tuberculosis outbreak in Skid Row. Estela Lopez represents business owners in the area. When we had tuberculosis, the city and the county got together with CDC and figured out what they could do. What we have right now is a city and county that is the example of inaction. I, I wish we could do more. I honestly, God, know we can do more. Do more about trash that continues to pile up everywhere. We are the second largest city in the country. Don't tell me that this city has to look like, smell like, behave like a third world country. The city council is now discussing the possibility of resuming full cleanups around encampments so the city can finally pick up these mountains of trash that have been piling up for months. But there's no word yet when those cleanups might resume. Now you've heard the Ice Age farmer talk about this and I've talked about this. The Great Reset. The Great Reset. Time Magazine did a, a, the whole magazine was on this so-called Great Reset. This reset is nothing more than a, a communist push to take over the world for the elite. And this is not a joke and this is not a right-wing conspiracy. Take a listen to one of the ads that came out praising this Great Reset. We have an incredible opportunity to create entirely new sustainable industries, investing in nature as the true engine of our economy. The current global crisis has disrupted every aspect of our lives, but it has also presented us with an extraordinary opportunity, a chance to reset and accelerate efforts to improve the state of our world. Changing our current trajectory will require bold and imaginative action 
together with determination and decisive leadership. In order to secure our future and to prosper, we need to evolve our economic model, putting people and planet at the heart of global value creation. If there is one critical lesson we have to learn from this crisis, we need to put nature at the heart of how we operate. We are on the verge of catalytic breakthroughs that will alter our view of what is possible and profitable within the framework of a sustainable future. We need nothing short of a paradigm shift, one that inspires action at revolutionary levels and pace. We simply cannot waste any more time. The only limit is our willingness to act and the time to act is now. Another sign that Fox News has gone off full commie. Remember Diamond and Silk, the two nice black ladies that like Trump and that uh, Fox News has had on many, many, many times? Well, they have, and they're very proud of this, Fox is, they have severed ties with Diamond and Silk. Those of you out there who use MailChimp, have you ever heard of it? It's a multi, uh, multi-platform email system where you can go in there and you pay to email uh, different uh, people you can email thousands of people i mean it's a, it's a safe system and it's very it's very well ran and all except i didn't realize it was ran by communists because they're de- deactivating conservative accounts they're censoring conservatives mailchimp is canceling your account if you dare send out a list to a list of people uh, anything about about conservatism or trump or the election they will cancel your account pelosi has decided that she is going to make sure that the Democrats take every election from this point on. And I'm going to tell you this. I said that Trump election in 2016 is going to be the last election in the United States. That is going to be the last real election. And I was right. And now Pelosi wants to uh, reform elections by making it so everyone can vote, including the illegals. It's... It's H.R. 1, House Resolution 1, and she's going to put this out on the first day of the new Congress. Wants to pass all kinds of laws that restrict states' ability to require IDs. It's, it's ludicrous. It's, it's ex- extremely insane, and I'll be more than happy to let you uh, read all about it yourself. Now we're going to get into government threat, and this is not just our government. This is governments worldwide. I don't know if many of you are paying any attention to what's happening in in many parts of the world. Obviously, people don't pay a lot of attention everywhere because they can't. They don't have enough attention to use. North Korea, and this information has come out from over over 100 sources. North Korea is jailing and in many times executing anyone who owns a Bible in North Korea. This is pretty much where... The Democrats want the United States to go to. They want anyone who's a Christian or who reads the Bible or who talks about Jesus or anything like that. Oh, they, they want him gone. And I've actually heard some recordings of them saying they should all be put in jail or just disappeared. But that's what's happening in North Korea. You can read the whole thing on it. It's, it's a, the Korea Future Initiative. It's a 98-page report. It was released this month, and it's, it's over 100 interviews with survivors and witnesses and perpetrators of these abuses. These people who were abused and killed go from three years old to 80 plus. This is North Korea. 
And those of you who don't know the difference, look up the definition of communism in any dictionary and you'll get some general idea of what kind of creatures do this kind of stuff. Now, we, Hong Kong, there's a long story on Hong Kong, and I've covered it very well when all of this occurred. China has taken full control of Hong Kong now. As a matter of fact, the China is putting pro-communist people in, uh, in charge of Hong Kong, and many of the, the uh, lawmaking decisions are happening there. All pro-democracy lawmakers in Hong Kong resigned. If they didn't, they would be nothing more than mouthpieces to communist China. Speaking of communist China, Biden has come out with uh, with his best best idea yet. And this is how he's going to control the blacks in the United States. Of course, you know Democrats aren't racist. They're, they just think of blacks as lower forms of humanoid life. So their COVID-19 task force that Joe Biden has put together recommends, and this is their concept of how to force blacks, understand just the blacks, okay, how to force blacks to uh, take any vaccine that's coming up. They're going to withhold food stamps, rent assistance, Medicare, all of the stuff that that, uh, blacks use unless they get a shot. So you don't want your food stamps for the month? Forget it. That's fine. You want them? Go get a shot. This is what you have to look forward to. Now, let's get into Trump. So the communists in charge of Congress. I've got to figure out a better definition of the word AOC or the the letters AOC, something else, you know. But they decided to put together something called the Trump Accountability Project. It's a hit list. And it's to pay back all us nasty, stupid people who actually voted for Trump, who did everything for Trump, who fought for Trump. In other words, Americans. They put everybody on there, including sitting judges. Stalin did something like this, called it Great Purge. Had a big list of people that had uh, fought against him or had thought against him. 1.2 million people were murdered. So the Democrats are putting together this list to, to punish supporters. How are they going to do it? They might not kill us. Instead, they might find out where we work and then call a boss up and say, you know what, if you ever want any funding from the government, you better fire Fred Lipschitz. Or they, if you teach in school, you know, they'll call up the school and say, this is the government calling, fire Kurt. And you will. Oh, by the way, Biden has a, a group that uh, he's putting together for the Department of Justice, and he's asked them to determine whether or not he should prosecute Trump. For what? They'll, they'll figure something out. I'm sure they'll figure something out. You know what's the funny thing is? What, what is Biden, 78 years old? One of the doctors on, on Biden's COVID task force come out and said that, you know, living past the age of 75 is, is selfish. It's morally problematic. Oops. Another communist. This is a racist, black, white-hating, Trump-hating New York assistant uh, attorney general is preparing a list of Trump accomplishments to be repealed by Biden in the first week. This is a list of everything that Trump has done that's going to be repealed in the first week. Now, I have mentioned before this organization called 4chan, and I've told you that you don't want to go there, you don't want to be around them unless you have good security on your computer. 4chan is a forum that has many subforums in it that these people have, they're anarchists, but they're different. They're the type of anarchist that loves Trump <laughs> and likes conservative ideals. Well, they decided to take a page out of the 
law enforcement's playbook. There's an item, it's a it's an electronic instrument called Barracuda. It depends on the model, but basically they're the size of a suitcase. If you open it up, pull the antenna up and turn it on, what it does is intercepts all local cell traffic and then routes it to the local cell tower. So it's like a pass-through. Whether you're texting or videoing or calling somebody, it all goes through Barracuda. This is the what the police do to track uh, agitators and rioters and that kind of thing. Well, 4chan, now this equipment, by the way, you can pretty much buy on eBay. So 4chan, group of them, and when I say a group, I'm talking 500,000. They got together and decided to Barracuda every single one of these riots, every single one of them, okay? Every single one. Every single riot, every single looting, every single march, every single one of these communist Black Lives Matter Antifa uh, episodes. And they used the Barracuda. They were actually able to put together a graphic. I don't know how to describe it because it's circular. And what this graphic is, it tells you who the ringleaders are and what they're doing uh, and who are they controlling. It, it's it's really unique. You'll have to look at it. Now, what when when you look at it, it'll look like something some kid did on a, a toy. But you got to scroll in and you will see who the main hub is. See, Antifa works in cells and the cells are connected. And you'll see as you scroll in names, Connor Smith, Emma Sturin, Steve Dixon, Olivia Catby Smith, Bobby Hayden, uh, Emily Von W. Gilbert. These are the leaders of Antifa, and they've been tracked. Tristan Isaac, Rob Vincent. You'll see this yourself. You'll see the graphic, and then what I want you to do is scroll in and further and further and further. It will blow your mind. This is the enemy. They had another march, Antifa march, BLM march in Portland, and they had this big sign that says, Election no, revolution yes. These people don't care about Biden. They want the world to end as we know it because we are the enemy to communism, and they're communists. Now, I don't know if you guys remember this, but in 2016, Trump was talking about having his own uh, network, Trump TV, and then accidentally got elected, and so that kind of went on the back burner, but it's not on the back burner anymore, and he's putting it out there, and he's saying, you know what, I think I am going to have, whether I get elected or not, I think I am going to have a Trump TV. We're going to put together a network. It will be digital. It will be online, and there will be no communist propaganda or that kind of crap on it. And everybody out there who's being censored will be welcomed. Tucker Carlson, Hannity's kind of strange. I'm not sure what the hell's with him. He's, he's, I listened to him yesterday, and he said, yeah, I just got my new flu shot. Got to stay current on that stuff, you know? And I'm like, what? Pardon me? He's, Hannity's nothing more than a regurgitator of all the news that was already, that's already been on. I, I don't know. But anyway, back to what I was talking about was all of the conservatives that have been censored are going to be welcome on Trump TV. I'm going to give you guys a, a little hint here. There's a lot of TV stations out there, and a lot of us don't have cable or we don't have Dish TV or, or we can't get everyone, everything that we want. There's a couple websites here. You got a pen, write this down. USTV247.tv. You got that? USTV247. That's one word. USTV247.tv and USTVGo.tv. USTVGo.tv. So USTV247.tv, USTVGo.tv. When you go to those, those websites, you're going to see 
a list of channels. ABC, AE, AMC, Animal, BBC America, uh, down to C-SPAN, CBS, Cinemax, CNBC, Comedy, CW, Discovery, Disney, Fox, Fox Business, Fox News. You're going to see HBO even. You're going to see a list of channels that'll blow your mind. These are 90, one station is, uh, one, one of these uh, websites, 93 channels. On it, you're going to find also One America News, OAN. This is the, the uh, news network that Trump likes and all conservatives like because they are conservative, real conservatives, not these phony ones that created Fox. So these two websites have all of these stations that you can go to at any time. Pull it up and you'll see. You can watch anything on there. I don't know the whole story behind the thing, but there's many different websites like this. Apparently, somebody has got all of the links, and these links are all like uh, YouTube links and and the like, where you can watch these stations. Literally, everything's there. Everything you want to watch is there. And I I get tired. I get burned out. I get up in the morning, and I turn on. First thing I have to turn on is CBS, then NBC, then Fox. I see the same crap every day. Trump is bad. Conservatives are stupid. Oh, COVID is going to kill you now, now, now. Every station is the same until you go to One American News. And all of a sudden, you actually see the news. That's my gift to you guys. If you have broadband, and, and you'll need broadband because what happens is this this takes up a lot of uh, bandwidth. So you'll need broadband to go on there. I don't know if you can do it on your phone, but you can find the links to boot that stuff up on your phone by yourself. The way that the communists control everything, one of the, one of the things that they have to use to control us with is communication. Communication isn't just, isn't just me calling you on the phone and say, hey, what's happening, Jeff? Communication is also you listening to what the news and what's going on in the world. And you have nothing more than the mainstream media to listen to now because they lie and they make stories up. The CIA controls everything that the media says. It's called Operation Mockingbird. I've covered this before. I've even played clips from 50 different news stations saying the exact same thing. So you need as many different ways to hear what's going on in the world as you can get your hands on. Now, Survival Enterprises used to sell a shortwave radio. We're going back to selling that. I found another source for it. The, the, the original source, the, the owner died. I found another source. We're going to be carrying a shortwave radio again. I don't know. It'll be under 75 bucks. But AM, FM, shortwave, uh, solar power, crank up, the whole nine yards. It'll be all that good stuff. If you can listen on shortwave, the government can't control that. Because anybody can broadcast over shortwave with the right equipment. All right, now we're going to get into election fraud. This is massive, and I'm astounded. The mainstream media, ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, and Fox News. Fox News is no longer owned by Murdoch. It's owned by his two sons, which are communists. That's why Fox turned treason and started to attack Trump and attack everyone, in fact. It was astounding. It was astounding to watch this. It was almost as if there were communist Chinese standing behind them with pistols aimed at their head, forcing them to do and say the things that they've been doing and saying for the past month and more. In fact, it goes back for years. You know what's funny? Every time somebody leaves Fox News, uh, one of the hosts or something, they show up on CBS and their true communist uh, attitude start popping up. So that's astounding. I have so much election fraud, I'm not going to be able to cover it all. There's so much, literally, uh, that it is going to blow your mind. So what I'm going to do in no order, there's so much. I'm just going to read and do as much as I can and cover as much as I can. 
Always remember what Stalin said. Those who vote decide nothing. Those who count the vote decide everything. That's exactly the truth behind this. So again, this is not an order. This is just, this is so much crap. And I'm not going to, I'll try and put some links up, guys. This is There's so much stuff going on with this, it's ridiculous. A Democrat whistleblowers come forward in Michigan with enough fraud to expose and flip the Michigan vote. Over 10,000 dead people voted in Michigan. This has been counted. They, they actually have this data, these statistics. So they're, they're uh, uh, probing for fraud. Texas Lieutenant Governor says he'll pay up to a million dollars to encourage and reward those who report voter fraud within the state of Texas. Affidavits from former Michigan Assistant General. Uh, election worker assigned new names to voters when it appeared absentee ballot was from person who had already voted. In Michigan, after 6 a.m., Biden's vote tally jumped over 200,000 votes and not a single vote for President Trump. Tens of thousands of Pennsylvania ballots returned earlier than they were sent out. This is the dates that are stamped on them. In charge of Philadelphia elections, commissioner lost notary license for violating the law. Philadelphia finds another 2,000 ballots a week after Election Day for, of course, Joe Biden. Ten attorney generals join Supreme Court case against Pennsylvania mail-in ballot deadline. Pennsylvania arbitrarily decided, oh, Election Day is just is, is an arbitrary date, so we'll allow you guys to keep sending in your votes. Photograph from Philadelphia of a list of Republican poll watchers that are on a no-entry list. This is allowed by the Constitution of the United States and the laws in the state of Philadelphia, of, of Pennsylvania, to allow poll watchers in. And then another glitch. This is, They call him a glitch. Trump loses 32,000 votes in Pennsylvania in one hour. In other words, he had all of these votes, and all of a sudden, they literally disappeared off the screen. Texas social worker charged with 134 counts of election fraud. A wife, just for the hell of it, decided to check in Washington, 30 miles west of me, and see if somebody had used her maiden name to vote. And yes, they did. Twice. In Missouri and Kentucky, AGs join lawsuit challenging legality of mail-in votes. Barr authorizes inquiries of substantial allegations of voting irregularities. McConnell backs Trump and push for recounts shouldn't accept uh, election results from the media. Notice it's the media now that has decided they're God, and they can tell you when when uh, the end is nigh. Nevada whistleblower exposes Democrat election-stealing methods. Scientists finds telltale signs of election fraud after analyzing mail-in ballot data. This is a little hard to explain, but yeah, I'm, so I'm not even going to try. I don't have time. Now, you know the machines the Democrats used? They're from a company called Dominion. There was an interview by a whistleblower. Figure this one out. Sean Hannity had this Dominion whistleblower, this person who worked for Dominion during the election. Uh, he was, she was going to be on his show and got canceled 30 minutes before the show. Didn't wasn't told why. So there is a uh, there there's a an RBN. There's a guy that has his own little show there. It's called Red Pill 78. He interviewed her. Now I have the interview. Unfortunately, she's a typical millennial, so it's like, um, uh, like, um, like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, like, uh, 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 it would, it took me an hour to edit 12 minutes. I said, the hell with this. So here's a synopsis. She was a tech working for the Dominion voting system sent to the polls to make sure the machines operate correctly. She observed anomalies in a counter. And here's what was happening. As you put, everything was done in batches of 50. All the voters were, were counted in batches of 50. They put them in, in this machine and it would go doom, doom, doom. They'd suck them through it and count them. What was happening is it would suck a Biden vote through and count it 10 times. And then it would suck a Trump vote through and either not count it or count it once. 
Then it suck another Biden vote through and count it 10 times. When she reported this to her boss, Nick Iconomakis, he's the vice president of Dominion and co-owner. He took her aside and said, the last thing we need here is a problem. We're only here to assist with IT, not help them run the elections, which is BS. There were 40 machines running, thousands and thousands of anomalies like this just in that one location. So if each machine voted, it stud, basically stuttered when it counted Biden's votes. There were 6,000 of them in that one area. If a ballot wouldn't go through the machine, the employee would fill out a blank ballot and forge the voter's signature. In a 24-hour shift, not a single ballot filled in was for Trump. And she was the only Republican that worked there. The next day, she called the FBI who basically cut her off. So she called again, and on second call, she was able to give them the information, and they never called her back. Here's an interview Lou Dobbs did with one of Trump's lawyers about the Dominion machines. Breaking news now. Dominion voting systems say they categorically deny any and all of President Trump's claims that their voting machines caused any voter fraud in key swing states. But reports contradict that claim. In 2016, a senior executive at Dominion told the Illinois State Board of Elections that it is possible to bypass their election system software. Coomer said no updates can be done without recertification. Mr. Coomer's assurances of a secure system, however, however, are contradicted by the fact that various vendors, election officials, and others reportedly can access the voting machine code without an update being required. And we know that there were updates on those machines a day before the election. Well, joining us tonight is Sidney Powell, a member of President Trump's legal team, a great American and prominent uh, appellate lawyer. Great to have you with us, Sidney. Let's start with Thank Dominion, you, a straight-out disavowal of uh, any uh, claim of fraud against the company, its uh, software or machines. Your reaction? Well, I can hardly wait to put forth all the evidence we have collected on Dominion, starting with the fact it was created to produce altered voting results in Venezuela for Hugo Chavez, then shipped internationally to manipulate votes for purchase in other countries, including this one. It was funded by money from Venezuela and Cuba. China has a role in it also. So if you want to talk about foreign election interference, we certainly have it now. We have staggering statistical evidence. We have staggering testimony from witnesses, including one who was personally in briefings when all of this was discussed and planned beginning with Hugo Chavez and how it was designed there and then saw it happening in this country. As soon as the state shut down on election night and stopped counting, those are the states where the most egregious problems occurred. We also need to look at and we're beginning to collect evidence on the financial interests of some of the governors and secretaries of state who actually bought into the Dominion systems, surprisingly enough. Hunter Biden type grad to line their own pockets by getting a voting machine in that would either make sure their election was successful or they got money for their family from it. Well, that's straightforward. It may take, uh, you're going to have to be quick to, to go through and to produce that investigation and the results of it. The December deadlines are approaching for electors and uh, just as we saw in uh, 2000 with Bush v. Gore. How critical are those deadlines and how are urgent does that make your investigation and discovery? Well, for fraud this serious, I think even if the states are stupid enough to go ahead and certify the votes where we know the machines were operating and producing
producing altered election results. If they're stupid enough to do that, then they will be set aside by the fraud also. Talking about hundreds of thousands of votes. President Trump won this election in a landslide. It's going to be irrefutable. Patriots are coming forward every day, all day, faster than we can collect their information with the testimony they're willing to give under oath about how their votes were stolen and how the machines operated. They were updated the night of the election, sometimes after the election. We've got statistical evidence that shows hundreds of thousands of votes being just put in and replicated. There needs to be a massive criminal investigation, and it's going to affect millions of voters and elections. With these allegations, these charges, is the FBI already carrying out uh, an investigation of these voting companies uh, where their servers are domiciled and in at least two instances, three instances, uh, we know they're in foreign countries. Tell us where the Justice Department is in all of this. I wish I knew. I'm not on the inside, so I'm not privy to that information. I know that even Democratic senators and Congress people for years have reported problems with this system to the FBI and to the government, and nobody's done a blooming thing about it. The people in the election security part of Department of Homeland Security need to be fired yesterday. They're absolutely ridiculous. Of course, Chris Ray needs to be fired, too, because the only FBI interview of any witness was to intimidate him and try to get him to change his truthful testimony four hours by an anti-Trump FBI agent. They still have politics infecting the FBI instead of just following the law. This is essentially a new American revolution. And anybody who wants this country to remain free needs to step up right now. These are federal felonies. Altering a vote or changing a ballot is a federal felony. People need to come forward now and get on the right side of this issue and report the fraud they know existed in Dominion voting systems because that's what it was created to do. It was its sole original purpose. It has been used all over the world to defy the will of people who wanted freedom. Sydney, at the outset of this broadcast, I said that this is the culmination of what has been a over a four-year effort to overthrow this president, to first deny his candidacy, uh, the uh, election, but then uh, to overthrow his presidency. This looks like the effort to uh, to carry out an end game in the in the effort against him. Do you concur? Oh, absolutely. And it's uh, it's been organized and and conducted with the help of Silicon Valley people, the the big tech companies, the social media companies, and even the media companies. And I'm going to release the crack. This is an extraordinary and and such a dangerous moment in our history. I really am very concerned uh, for the country. Uh, I am very concerned for all Americans. It is indeed a very foul mess. It is farther and wider and deeper than we ever thought. But we are going to go after it, and I am going to expose every one of them. All right, I'm going to read more from this list. All election workers were reportedly told to backdate ballots. A lot of people, when they do this, these mail-in ballots, don't put a date on them. Arizona voters file suit to restore their ballots canceled over Sharpies. Now, this is, okay, you know a little Sharpie felt pen. You're supposed to fill out your ballot either with a number two pencil or a pen because they don't leak through. A Sharpie leaks through, which invalidates the ballot. And the uh, poll workers were telling everybody in Arizona to use Sharpies. Ballot Counter Watcher describes 130,000 ballots that were hand-delivered all for Biden. In Detroit, after counting, ballots were dropped off at the counting center at 3.30 a.m. 
in Arizona. Ballots that were stolen from mailboxes were found by a farm worker in a field hidden. Now, this one, we're talking 80 ballots. So you have, and you'll hear more, but you have these things spread out. When you have a nation of criminals, they're called Democrats. They permit themselves to do any crime possible or necessary, quote unquote, anything necessary to win. So they justify this crime. And we have thousands of reports like this. There are over 7,500 verified reports of fraud. There are over 500 actual certified affidavits of people talking about fraud, uh, whistleblowers, and that kind of stuff. Barr tells the Department of Justice to uh, start probing uh, the fraud claims. Biden got 100% of votes in Wisconsin, Michigan during the magical night vote counting. I have a couple lists here of suspected fraud issues. And and this is them I'm going to post up, if nothing else. Various Democrat poll watchers from Pennsylvania were disgusted by the, the criminality that they saw. So they they turned themselves in and, and were telling everybody. The Democrats, I have videos of Democrats on, on uh, what do you call it, Zoom, talking about different w- ways that they can uh, rig the uh, Georgia Senate. One of the ways, and it's right, you're going to see this, okay? It's a bunch of Democrats saying, hey, everybody, quick, move to Georgia and become a resident so that you can vote in the runoff election. There's a couple There's a couple uh, Democrats that are running against Republicans in Georgia, and it's a runoff election. The, the Republicans are going to win. There's no problem about that. These machines, this Dominion machine, deleted 2.7 million votes for Trump and switched over 500,000 votes for Trump to Biden. In one election problem, in one precinct, there were only two votes for Trump. Then there was a video of federal employees talking together about the tactics that can be used to sabotage the government. That's just in case Trump wins. Let's talk about what actions and decisions are in your immediate sphere of influence as um, somebody who works in the government. I'm a management and programs analyst. I work in the national security community. I spent three and a half years as a contractor at DHS HQ. If you read the mainstream press, like they all have signal accounts. Text them, leak everything you can. The journalists I've dealt with have been super ethical in ways to shield me to be the source of the leaks. Groups on the outside being able to show uh, solidarity with federal workers. Making sure that we're naming what is happening as a coup. Totally agreed in the shutdown DC conversations that I've been having and that's not on the federal side. We um, also are often saying, like, call it a coup. It's a coup. Don't let anyone tell you it's not. President Harry S. Truman famously said, I thought thought I was the president, but when it comes to these bureaucrats, I can't do a damn thing. So the bottom line with this is that we all as ordinary people and as federal workers have power. If masses of people engage in non-cooperation, no ruler can stay in power. Bureaucracy is a really powerful pillar. Federal workers have unparalleled familiarity with the bureaucratic process. They know how to speed things up. They know how to slow them down. They have access to critical information about policies that are being considered and implemented. They can participate in internal decision making. They can provide or deny knowledge and expertise that those at the top of the bureaucratic uh, totem pole need. It ultimately comes down to individual decisions and personal choice. Deciding what to do or what not to do is a very personal decision. It's based on context. It's based on your rank, on your tolerance for risk, on your 
preparation, and frankly, where you sit in the federal uh, federal bureaucracy. And we're talking about the range of different tactics. We talk about acts of commission and acts of omission. And another act of commission, albeit highly um, you know risky, and there are a number of great downsides, is leaking. So leaking information about pending or actual policies with journalists, with activists, influential people on the outside. So another act of of commission is creating parallel structures or self-organizing units. So organizing in the office place, in the workplace. As an attorney in the federal government, I I am finding the chat uh, suggestions very interesting. And I just do want to remind people that we lose our status as federal employees if we strike. And there's been a little conversation going on here, for example, about Black Lives Matter and how that is an example of a nonpartisan political statement. I guess that's been previously litigated. But whether or not you do a misdemeanor or an infraction on federal property or on public property um, really doesn't affect most of the jobs that you would be considered for. Just just as a sideline note. I would just say this is also the importance of being in communication with and in touch with groups, civic groups, grassroots groups that are preparing people for the possibility that red lines may be crossed, um, that, you know, that the election goes sideways, you know, so everything from choose democracy to hold the line to shut down, uh, we count on us. I listed a few of those um, in the slides earlier, but, you know, they're the ones who are really in the vanguard of helping people think about uh, interpret red lines um, and think about different actions that can be taken well beyond kind of street protests and demonstrations, but kind of sustained organizing in action. What does it look like in practical terms to put, you know, uh, to slow the gears down in some ways or another? At at the Department of Labor, it it takes the form of um, several rounds of the cost benefit analysis for a new regulation. And when when the numbers were, when people were cheating on the numbers, uh, a copy of that draft got leaked to the data labor report and it got published and it got sent to a congressperson and the office of inspector general opened an investigation on who was cheating on the numbers so again that's sort of a combination of tactics it's it's making a really good paper trail it's making sure that that document got out to someone who could make use of it and then congress getting the office of inspector general involved it's it was really a way to stop that thing just in its track as i've said before the enemy is within our gates they work for us federal employees city employees county employees state employees. If they are Democrat, they are criminal and complicit in this whole election fraud. Let me continue reading some more. Seven Milwaukee wards report more votes than registered voters. And that didn't raise a red flag with anyone. Let's see, there's one article where the seven voters older than the oldest human being alive voted in Michigan. Actually, there were more than seven. I have what's called the big list of voter fraud. I have an article on the roots of voter fraud in America. And this is Voter fraud is all Democrat. The only time there were no voter frauds by Republicans. The only thing the Republicans did was coerce people to vote for them. In the 1800s, they'd actually say, you know what, come in here. I'll give you all the beer you can drink and dinner. Just vote for me. That's just buying votes. That that became illegal. The View, you know, the, this communist group that uh, meets on TV called The View, they declared that 69 million Americans who voted for racist Trump are just plain selfish. There were thousands of voters potentially circumventing ID requirements. There's one party in the United States that does not want ID requirements to vote. And I'm sure you can guess which one of that is. Trump mail-in ballots found in trash in Pennsylvania. Voter fraud report form, by the way. And I will be posting this. If you have uh, any voter fraud that you can, that you want to report, there's a link you can go to and fill it out and send it in. 
there are whistleblowers that came forward from Dominion and and swear the software changed over 38 million votes. The White House, after investigations, said 14% of non-citizens in U.S. are illegally registered to vote. California has a scam they pull. Everybody can get a driver's license. See, now you, you see that, all right? Now let's back up about 10 years. And they said they passed a law called the Motor Voter Registration Scheme. When you get your driver's license, you're automatically registered to vote. Okay, good. And then 10 years later, the communists in California say, oh, we want everybody to have a driver's license. So everybody goes get a driver's license, including criminal aliens, who are then instantly registered to vote. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, we have, there's so much data here. There, there's, I have a, 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 a JPEG, a picture of the dead voters that voted. I have clips that I got to play. There. First off, we're going to go out. We're going. I'm going to show you a clip. This is from a Fox News station. Do you remember me talking about Midas Touch? Uh, about these three communist brothers that are funded by George Soros and all the other commie Democrats in the United States that donate. See, when you donate, if you're if you're a commie, you donate to a company called Act Blue. Act Blue is a money laundering scheme created by Democrats so that they could get as much money as possible to do everything that they want to get done in an election. Not just the election. This is now a propaganda arm of the Democrat Party because they did so well that they're going to continue because, well, after all, the the fight's not over. Tonight, an update to our profile of these three brothers who went from little-known guys working regular day jobs to internet phenoms who are political powerhouses. They say their work isn't finished. Run by the Micellus Brothers, who basically dedicated the last few months of their lives to defeating Donald Trump. Three emotional, watching Joe Biden declared as president-elect. It was like, you know, winning the Super Bowl. My wife and I literally cried. Anybody at home can make a difference, you know, if you put your mind to it. When coronavirus first hit, Ben, an attorney, Brett, an editor, and Jordy, a marketer, decided to combine their skills and form a political action committee. We first profiled them in September. We turned to each other and we said, is there anything we can do? The course that we've been on for the last four years is what you would like to see us follow for the next four. They ended up making 150 videos, averaging between 1 and 10 million views every video. Overall, more than 200 million views. In the beginning, I would say we were energizing voters, and at the end, we were activating them and putting them to work. Midas Touch volunteers sent out over 4 million text messages to voters in swing states. Their followers also buying and wearing their merchandise. Even in deep red states, so people who wear our merch and go down the supermarket, and they say people point at them and give them the thumbs up. Hello, Michigan. It's Stevie. Stevie Wonder. Hi, Donnie. It's Bette. Bette Midler and Barbara Streisand cut ads for them. Enough is enough. Vote proud. They aired TV ads in every swing state after raising more than three million bucks. There were some people who said that we did more with three million dollars than the Trump campaign did with one billion (laughs) dollars. In the short term, the brothers are focusing on helping Democrats win control of the Senate with two runoffs in Georgia. Long term, they're committed to growing the influence of Midas Touch even more. Humbled by all the support, humbled by all the Midas Mighty out there who keep sharing our videos. We're going to keep fighting for them. We're going to keep fighting for the democracy. For more, head to MidasTouch.com. By the way... They are keeping their day jobs. <laughs> so it appears they're getting the results they wanted in the presidential election. Does that mean a vacation, even a staycation? No. They said that there's so much work still to be done uh, that they 
want to keep working and they can't see themselves taking a vacation every other year they used to take vacations but now they say we got to forge ahead because the mission's so important how much more proof do you need that fox is treasonous to america when they promote that kind of crap here's a quick clip from a democrat who was a poll watcher in pennsylvania my name is Brian McCaffrey. I'm a red registered Democrat in the city of Philadelphia. Today, I'm at the Philadelphia Convention Center, and I am overseeing the ballot counters. I will let you know the corruption that is going on here. They will not allow us within 30 to 100 feet to supervise the ballots being counted. This is a coup against the President of the United States of America, and I want to call out the Mayor of Philadelphia, James Kenney, the Attorney General, Josh Shapiro, who tweeted that there's no way Donald Trump can win President of the United States America, and also the District Attorney of Philadelphia, Larry Krasner. I can't believe what I'm seeing right before my eyes. This has nothing to do with Joe Biden or Donald Trump. This has to do with our democracy, and I will tell you, there is corruption at the highest level in the city of Philadelphia. Here's a clip from a Michigan postal worker. This is a mailman who was uh, told to commit fraud. Tell us where you work. I work in the Traverse City Post Office, more specifically the Barlow Branch. Your boss told you and your colleagues something that shocked you this morning. What was it? We were issued a directive this morning to collect any ballots we find in mailboxes, collection boxes, just outgoing mail in general, separate them at the end of the day so that they could uh, hand stamp them with the previous day's date. Today is November 4th, for clarification. Who is your boss, and what is his title? Jonathan would be a direct supervisor, yes. Uh, As of right now, he is the opening supervisor for the Barlow Branch post office. So I, and this is anecdotal, Carrier uh, down in another office and they watch the postmaster doing it. If it were just a typical day, it would be clerks doing it up at the distribution center. So 8 p.m. election day, November 3rd, the Court of Appeals ruled ballots have to be received by that time. And what were you told? To separate them today so they could mark them with yesterday's date and send them through the express system to wherever they needed to go. This appears to be an attempt to circumvent Michigan law and allow late votes. You said there was a hamper where letter carriers were supposed to leave their ballots. Where are the ballots now? They were putting them into express bags to go to the distribution center. In regards to a uh, hamper, there was a standard hamper that all letter mail was supposed to go to, and they had a tub next to it that we were supposed to put any ballots collected today into. Yes. What made you come forward? Uh, that's sketchy. I like sketchy. It screams corruption, uh, also knowing the post office's leanings politically. It, it, what is your message to other postal workers who see things like this? Report it. Or how are we supposed to have any integrity in this country if we are just going to let things slide based on a scaling issue? Are you afraid of retaliation against you? I've had whistleblower policies backfire on me in the past, so yes. We'll have to reach out to Jonathan Clark for comment. Uh, hey, is this Jonathan? Yeah. Hey, hey, I'm a reporter with Project Veritas and James O'Keefe here. I have information that you guys have been stamping ballots with the previous date, November 3rd. He just hung up he the just phone hung on up. me. He just hung up the phone on me. Huge update. Project Veritas, we just got contacted by the Office of the Inspector General, who is aware of this video inside the post office in Michigan, and the whistleblower, who is discussing showing how the ballots were backdated to November 3rd, even though they were accepted November 4th. Huge update. Uh, the Inspector General tells us they're aware of this. It falls under their jurisdiction. They're assessing whether to investigate. This whistleblower in Michigan is a patriot and a hero. He doesn't fear retaliation. He cares more about his country and what they're doing illegally there in Michigan, counting the votes illegally, and he cares about his own well-being and safety. And there's many more like him. And we want you guys to come forward, the honest post office workers, the honest poll workers, whoever you are, wherever you are. You're the ones who can make the difference. You can't rely upon anyone else. Contact us, VeritasTips at ProtonMail.com. Be brave. Do something. 
Immediately after that went viral, the United States Post Office decided to start investigating the area, and magically, the postal clerk had visits from the FBI, who tried to coerce him into changing and recanting his story. So what you heard on the mainstream media was that postal worker who claimed fraud recanted his story. And here is this postal worker telling you about this phony recant that the uh, Washington Post came out and said that he did. My name is Richard Hopkins. I am the postal employee who came out and whistle blew on the Erie PA Postal Service. I am right at this very moment looking at an article written written by Washington Post. It says that I... Uh, fabricated the allegations of ballot tampering. I'm here to say that I did not recant my statements. That did not happen. And I would like that the Washington Post recant their wonderful little article that they decided to throw out there. Here's an interview with uh, Maria Bartiroma. She's from Fox News. She's one of the one of the people that aren't anti-Trump, anti-anti-American, and all of this. She's just in it. She just she's business. She's business. That's what she is. Well, she in, uh, interviewed Trump's lawyer. President Trump's legal team, as you've been hearing this morning, are preparing for all-out war, beginning with a slew of new lawsuits this week, beginning with one in Pennsylvania tomorrow, along with what our next guest says is evidence of voter fraud. Sidney Powell is General Michael Flynn's attorney. She is fighting on the front lines of this battle as part of the president's legal team. Sidney, good morning to you. Thank you for being here. Yes, there has been a massive and coordinated effort to steal this election from we, the people of the United States of America to delegitimize and destroy votes for Donald Trump, to manufacture votes for Joe Biden. They have done it in every way imaginable, from having dead people vote in massive numbers to absolutely fraudulently uh, creating ballots that exist only voting for Biden. We've identified at least 450,000 ballots in the key states that miraculously only have a mark for Joe Biden on them and no other candidate. If you look at Florida, where things were done right, you can see that that's how the rest of the country should have gone. But they also used an algorithm to calculate the votes they would need to flip. And they used computers to flip those votes from Trump to Biden and from other Republican candidates to their competitors also. I think Doug Collins had the race stolen from him. I think uh, John James had his race stolen from him. It wasn't just President Trump. There were many people affected by this. We have got to fight tooth and nail in federal court to expose this abject fraud and the conspiracy behind it and get a recount and audits in every place it's needed, which is, frankly, most of the country. So there are recounts going on right now. We know that in Georgia, you have a list of numbers of ballots with only Joe Biden on the ticket. You say it's 98,000 ballots in Pennsylvania, 80 to 90,000 in Georgia, another 42,000 in Arizona, 69 to 100. 115,000 in Michigan and 62,000 in Wisconsin. Sidney, if this is true, this appears systemic, where is the Department of Justice? Where is the AG Bill Barr? If this is so obvious, then why aren't we seeing massive government investigations? I don't know. We definitely should be. I mean, we're getting reports of all kinds of fraud. We've got a, getting an affidavit from a postal worker now who talks about having been ordered to backdate ballots. No ballots received after the 
polls closed on voting day should even be counted. We've got multiple states that didn't even follow the rules of their own legislature. That's a federal constitutional issue. There are at least three major federal issues here that will require the Supreme Court to resolve these this case. And when the okay. votes are really audited and the real votes are counted, Trump will win. He is the president and he is in charge of this country. Sydney, I want to ask you about these algorithms and the Dominion software. I understand Nancy Pelosi has an interest in this company. We talked about the Dominion software. I know that there were voting irregularities. Tell me about that. That's to put it mildly, the computer glitches could not and should not have happened at, at all. Those, that is where the fraud took place, where they were flipping votes in the computer system or adding votes that did not exist. We need an audit of all of the computer systems that uh, played any role in this fraud whatsoever. And, you know, Joe Biden had it right. He said that he had the biggest voter fraud organization ever and he didn't need people's votes now. He would need people later. They had this all planned, Maria. They had the algorithms. They had the paper ballots waiting to be inserted if and when needed. And notably, President Trump's vote in the blue states went up enormously. That's when they had to stop the vote count and go in and replace votes for Biden and take away Trump votes. I've never seen voting machines stop in the middle of an election stop down and assess the situation. I also see reports that Nancy Pelosi's longtime chief of staff is a key executive at that company, Richard Blum, Senator Feinstein's husband, significant shareholder of the company. What can you tell us about the interest on the other side of this Dominion software? Well, obviously they have invested in it for their own reasons and are using it to commit this fraud to steal votes. I think they've even stolen them from other Democrats in their own party who should be outraged about this also. So Bernie wow. Sanders might very well have been the Democratic candidate, but they've stolen against whoever they wanted to steal it from. Now, here's Tucker Carlson. and this is on the, the 6th, November 6th. He had a few words to say about this whole thing as well. The first question tonight, who exactly is Joe Biden, this man who claims to be our president? We probably ought to find out. Put that on the to-do list. The truth is, as of tonight, we don't really know. We have no clue what Joe Biden actually thinks or even if he's capable of thinking. He hasn't told us. No one's made him tell us for a full year now. That's by design. In fact, it's becoming clear there is no Joe Biden. The man you may remember from the 1980s is gone. He no longer exists. What remains is a projection of sorts, a hologram designed to mimic the behavior of a non-threatening political candidate. Relax, Joe Biden's here. He smiles a lot. Everything's fine. That's the message from the vapor candidate. Don't think too much. So who's running the projector here? Well, the first thing you should know is the people behind Joe Biden aren't liberals, though we've often called them that incorrectly on this show. A liberal believes in the right of all Americans to speak freely, to make a living, to worship their God, to defend their own families, and to do all of that regardless of what political party they belong to or what race they happen to be born into or how far from midtown Manhattan they currently live. A liberal believes in universal principles fairly applied. And the funny thing is, all of that describes most of the 70 million people who just voted for Donald Trump this week. Most of them don't want to hurt or control anyone. They have no interest in silencing the opposition on Facebook or anywhere else. They just want to live their lives in the country they were born in. 
and it doesn't seem like a lot to ask. So by any traditional definition, they are liberal that way, though our language has become so politicized and so distorted that you would never know it. What you do know for certain is that the people behind Joe Biden are not like that at all. They don't believe in dissent. You think one thing, I think another, that's okay. No, that's not them at all. They demand obedience. Diversity, which is to say legitimate differences between people, is the last thing they want. Diversity? It's a cruel joke. They must mean it ironically. These people seek absolute sameness, total uniformity. You're happy with your corner coffee shop. They want to make you drink Starbucks every day from now until forever, no matter how it tastes. That's the future they promise. Everyone doing the same thing. Now, if these seem like corporate values to you, uniformity is the most basic corporate value, then you're catching on to what's happening. The Joe Biden for President campaign is a purely corporate enterprise. It's the first one in American history history to come this close to the presidency. Its values, its slogans, its goals come straight from the HR department. If a multinational corporation decided to create a presidential candidate, he would be a former credit card shill from Wilmington, Delaware. And that's exactly what they got. What's good for Google is good for the Biden campaign and vice versa. We have never seen a more soulless project. They literally picked Kamala Harris as the vice president, someone who can't even pronounce her own name, not that it matters, because it's purely an advertising gimmick. We watched all of this come together in real time. We stood slack-jawed in total disbelief as a man with no discernible constituency of any kind rose to the very top of our political system, as if by magic. We looked for wires. How did he do that? He keeps rising. It's possible in the end that Joe Biden himself never convinced a single voter of anything over the entire duration of the presidential campaign. Not one, but he didn't have to. Joe Biden won the Democratic nomination because he wasn't Bernie Sanders. He came to where he is today because he isn't Donald Trump. That is the entire story. It's the shortest political book ever written. Now, whatever you may think of Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders, they did it the traditional way. Each one of them had the support of actual voters. Living, breathing people loved them, believed in them, vested their hope in them, and by the way, agreed with their ideas, which they articulated clearly. But corporate America hated them both. They couldn't be controlled, particularly Donald Trump whose complete unwillingness to submit made him the greatest possible threat. And that's why they hate Donald Trump. That's the reason, because he won't obey. Tonight it's possible that these forces may be winning. We can't say that now. Of course, we would never say that until it is absolutely certain. But it could happen. What then? Who will we say really won the election? Joseph R. Biden? Please. That's insulting. The tech companies will have won. The big banks will have won. The government of China, the media establishment, the permanent bureaucracy, the billionaire class. They will have won. And not in a way that democracy promises. With numbers alone, if a single person equaled a single vote, a coalition like that could never win anything. There aren't enough of them. But as a group, they have something that Donald Trump's voters sadly do not have, and that is power. They have lots of power, and they plan to wield that power whether you like it or not. It's all starting to look a lot like oligarchy at this point. The people who believe they should have been in charge all along now actually may be in charge. So what does that mean for the rest of us? Now that corporate America controls everything, which is what they wanted, will they declare victory and back off 
finally? Can we speak freely again? Will they take the boot from our necks? Can we have America back? Now that the great orange emergency has passed, will the mandatory lying orders finally be lifted? Those are the questions we'll be paying attention to since we plan to stay in this country. And one other thing, by the way, while we're at it, who's excited to greet our new corporate overlords? Who plans to collaborate, particularly who on the right side, the Republican side, the side that said it was defending you? Who's happy about all of this? That seems worth keeping track of just so we know who we're dealing with here. And Christian, the Ice Age farmer that we have played many of his cuts here, has a election rant that I think is well worth your time. Ladies and gentlemen, now that the U.S. election 2020 is concluded, it is over. Stick a fork in it. It's done. We can conclusively say all the votes are in, maybe, and uh, they're all counted up. We got our finer tally, probably. Um, We can absolutely conclusively say that uh, the winner of the 2020 U.S. election is the New World Order. It is division, divide and conquer across the United States of America. If the media had not to date succeeded at dividing and setting against each other two parts of the American population, then they have certainly done so now. And more interestingly, they've raised the stakes, both sides believing that the other is attempting to steal the election and with it the fate of our nation and the future of the world. If it was not already amped up enough, tensions were not enough, you can see that they've had people like AOC calling for lists to be maintained of the enemies that were helping out Trump and people like Climate Warrior 7 here saying add our names to the database. Some of these people have been taken down, but you can see that uh, the rhetoric is amping up substantially right now. Now, a number of people have asked me what I think about what's going on right now. And for one, we've been talking about this for months now, the Transition Integrity Project. John Podesta, who besides predicting the food shortages after a pandemic in the food chain reaction game in 2015, also looked forward in the tabletop exercises they did and said Trump would refuse to contest. They would try and get rid of votes. There would be voter disenfranchisement. It's all been out there. Unfortunately, we find ourselves walking through these scripts that they've uh, wargamed in these tabletop exercises before. So there are naturally two outcomes that most people are looking towards right now. One is that Biden steamrolls ahead. The uh, media is totally fueling what's going on right now. And there's a lot of rhinos who would just let it go that way, just turn their backs on Trump. And that way, Biden would be up there and the world would seemingly have a set of world leaders that are completely unopposed to the new world order, setting the stage for a dark winter and a great reset into Agenda 2030 and everything it holds for us. The alternative, and frankly, the one I believe is happening right now, is that they are amping up this rhetoric and just getting everyone on the left as excited as possible. Trump is gone. They're cutting him off mid-speech in the news and just projecting this victory, getting everyone expecting that uh, Trump will get out of office. And then in the courts, they'll reverse it, probably using a Barrett vote so they can say, this is his, these these people shouldn't have been installed in the Supreme Court. And uh, although Trump will clench the victory, if you thought this 
that the uh, reaction four years ago was extreme. Can you imagine what will happen now if a Trump-appointed Supreme Court is the one that actually takes the victory back at the last second? It won't just be people screaming in the streets. It will be full-on, the left goes nuclear. And that is the goal. The chaos in the elections was the plan. The goal is to bring this country to its knees because that serves the technocratic agenda uh, best. A nation divided cannot stand, and that is what they want. An America that is completely in chaos. We've already seen appeals to have the United Nations come in and help remove Trump. So it's interesting situation right now, and it's going to get more interesting. But the winner of the 2020 elections is the technocrats. Technocrats like Klaus Schwab, who literally wrote the book, COVID-19, The Great Reset, Please, let me save you the time. This is a terrible book. It is full of academic drivel attempting to justify the total uh, totalitarian takeover of humanity. Time Magazine just came out with the November edition all about the Great Reset, including more writings from Klaus Schwab himself, but also featuring writings from the CEO of Walmart, who wants to decarbonize all of the supply chains, ensuring that farming and ranching and anything that has to do with uh, petroleum will not be in their store anymore. You won't be able to sell via Walmart, the biggest retail in the world now. Well, now he's actually extending the call to reinvent capitalism post-coronavirus. Yes, the irony of one of the biggest companies of the world saying that capitalism needs to be reinvented here. Of course, we heard similar words out of the mouth of Marionu Matsukatu, who said, in order to avoid a climate lockdown where we stay locked down because of CO2 for the rest of eternity, we may ban consumption of red meat, but we need to overhaul our economic structures and, again, do capitalism differently. No more free market. We heard the same words from the Pope. Market capitalism has failed. We need to reinvent capitalism. All of this stems from the language straight from the World Economic Forum. Again, Klaus Schwab over there and his great reset talking about building back better, which you hear from Macron and from Joe Biden. Build back better, reinvent capitalism. This is all the language describing a complete global government takeover. This is an agenda that's been in the works for decades. Here's four years ago, the World Economic Forum telling you to your face, you will own nothing in the future. By 2030, you will own nothing and you'll be happy. Yes, it's all smiles. No private ownership, no no free markets, but uh, we're building back better now. That's what is going to happen. We have TED Talks about reinventing capitalism. You can see that they've pushed this idea out there pretty far and wide. And the United Nations is also calling it happy tillism. That's right. It's just a big old smiley face across the entire planet. No capitalism, just happy tillism. And happy tillism, I actually went over to happytillism.com and signed up to get their white paper, whereupon they informed me that the revolution has begun. You have to actually sign up to get the white paper before they reveal that it is a revolution. Do we need to remind ourselves that a revolution is a sudden, radical, complete change, an overthrow of the government and the substitution of another? Welcome to happy and the Great Reset. So the lockdowns are beginning. If you are focused exclusively on the U.S. election right now, you may not have noticed. And so let's just mention Europe is going back under lockdown. UK is going under ridiculous amounts of lockdown. Here's one of the UK police departments in the West Midlands who is openly 
advertising proudly that they are now arresting people for not wearing masks. This isn't someone taking a video of the police doing it and then posting it to social media. This is the police themselves broadcasting that they're so effective at arresting people for not wearing masks. So it's not just the rhetoric amping up at this point. It's literally the tyranny continuing to roll forward. And to justify that, they will engineer their dark winter. They've broadcast their intentions and now we can see them executing on them. Liverpool being the first city to announce that they will be doing testing for the entire city using armed forces. It's a pilot program that's anticipated they can roll that out to the rest of the UK. Of course, they've got the PCR test amped up to 30,000 cycles or whatever it is. So the false positives are going to be so prolific that all of a sudden the second wave is going to turn into a wall of red. Governor Newsom in California has announced today that they've opened up a new COVID-19 testing facility capable of administering 150,000 tests each day. Again, amped up so many cycles that so many of those are going to come back positive that you just watch California will now have a case-demic over the coming weeks, justifying then more lockdowns in the coming weeks. This is the dark winter we've been promised, and welcome to it. The chaos after a contested election. The case is exploding in a case-demic as tests are pushed on to more and more of the population. The panic buying returning and the food shortages beginning in earnest. We should be preparing for all of this for some time now. But the question that remains is whether you will let the technocrats have the... Look at this guy. He's shaking in his boots right now. He's written this book. He's come out. They've pulled all the triggers out there with Bill Gates and Fauci. The only question that remains is whether or not we will allow them to steamroll all of humanity. They are all in on the Great Reset at this point. And now they're freaking out, wondering, will we stand up for ourselves? Or will they get the transhumanist future they imagine? There's no wall this time. It's a global corporate communist system, global situation. We have to fight it. I'm going to read some more articles. Well, let's see. First off, I don't know if all of you remember Al Gore when in 2000 when he ran against Bush. There was a, a big hoofah about that. Also, it took 37 days, 37 days before everyone was was fine with the fact that Bush had actually won. No, by the way, Georgia has announced a full hand recount and audit of all the votes. We'll we'll see what happens there. Michigan, out-of-state vehicles brought tens of thousands of unsealed ballots to the polling places there. Do you remember in Atlanta, they claimed that they had to close the polling place because of a water main break. With some some, uh, forensic auditing, they discovered there was no invoices or work orders whatsoever, so that was phony. They, they, this is what the Democrats do. They, they they invented the concept of voter fraud, and they simply shut everything down so nobody can see what they're doing. Senator Lindsey Graham, and I, I liked how he did this, he said, how do six people in Pennsylvania die, then register, then vote? So, yes, well, we've got, I got a lot of duplicates on here as, as well. There were a lot of states, uh, there were a lot of votes in, uh, invalidated after external investigations, they claim. Another list of uh Fraud. There's just so much here. I'm just astounded that anybody would even contemplate that this election was accurate. Personally, I think the whole thing should be wiped. All ballots thrown out. All machines literally thrown out. You know, during the during the uh, the Depression time and the speakeasy time, there was a lot of places in California that that uh, undercover and hidden covertly. They they not only sold booze, but they had slot machines. 
And when the feds caught them, what they do is take the slot machines out in the ocean and just dump them. Well, that's what I think should happen to all of these voting machines. They should be taken out in the ocean and just dumped. Here's a little clip from a satirical comedian. I've played many of his his clips, and and uh, you just listen to it. It it makes a little lightheartedness out of all of this garbage. Hi, the election results are finally in after a bit of a stressful period, and I'm here to clarify any confusion or uncertainty you might still have about the results. It's just been announced: Joe Biden has won the election. He's the least popular candidate in U.S. history, yet has somehow received the most amount of popular vote in U.S. history. Joe Biden will definitely be your next president of the United States. Unless something happens with the lawsuits that the Trump campaign has already filed in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Nevada, and Georgia alleging fraudulent vote counting. If there was fraud in the vote count and it's discovered in the recount, then if President Trump proves to have the deciding number of votes in truth, then he'll be awarded with the election win. However, if there was fraud in voting in these states and a recount is ordered, but the fraud was in illegal ballots being dropped off and not in the actual vote count, then a recount will result in the same fraud vote count and Joe Biden will be your next president. But the Trump campaign's lawsuits are unlikely to be successful because providing provable factual evidence of voting fraud would be very difficult. So recounts might not even be granted in some states. It is worth noting though that Georgia's Secretary of State has already ordered a recount. Georgia's 16 electoral votes that originally went to Biden could be awarded to Trump, which would not change the election results because it still wouldn't give him the 270 votes that are necessary. So Joe Biden would continue to be your next president of the U.S. Unless, of course, the U.S. Supreme Court decides in the Pennsylvania case that sits in front of it that the Pennsylvania Supreme Court that allowed late arriving ballots to be counted violated the U.S. Constitution. In that case, those votes would be thrown out. And if it's enough to swing it into Trump's favor, then Pennsylvania's 20 electoral votes would be awarded to Trump. And Biden would still win the election because those 20 votes still wouldn't be enough to give Trump the win. But they would be when combined with Georgia's 16 electoral votes if that recount lands in Trump's favor. But remember, only if highly controversial Nevada is overturned and given to Trump as well. But he wouldn't need Nevada if the wild card of Arizona that was called suspiciously early for Biden ends up going to him after all the votes are counted and recounted. Pretty straightforward, right? But of course, with today's election results being official, it doesn't mean they're certified. The results aren't certified by the inauguration deadline in January, then Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi becomes president. However, it's very unlikely that the election results won't be certified by then. But then again, with all the lawsuits being filed by the Trump campaign, not to mention any countersuits filed by the Biden campaign, if any of the results are overturned, it's fair to say the election results stand a decent chance of not being certified by the deadline in January. And then Nancy Pelosi would indeed be the next president of the United States. But if that doesn't happen, when it's all said and done, after all the recounts are in, if Trump and Biden end up tied with 269 certified electoral votes each, then the newly elected House will select the next president, and the Senate will select the vice president out of the three leading candidates. If that were to happen, then the Democrat-controlled House would pick Joe Biden to be the next president, and the Senate's pick for vice president would likely be President Trump. Seriously. And then if President Biden were to die, then Vice President President Trump 
would be the next president. However, assuming Biden keeps the election win through the inauguration in January and becomes the president, then shortly after taking office, Kamala Harris becomes the next president when Biden shockingly becomes unfit for service. You might remember Kamala Harris. In the recent election, she ran for president under the pseudonym Joe Biden. There you have it. The 2020 election is officially done. You can put your mind at ease with all this clarity. It's now safe to remember to be scared of COVID again. So my viewpoint is, again, I think we ought to just uh, have a do-over. Delete everything, erase everything, destroy everything. All that has to do with the voting. And then give everybody a number two pencil and an A ballot. And have you fill it out and hand it in. And then we should go from there. And as a matter of fact, the concept that this whole election is illegitimate is not just mine. I do believe that there's voter fraud taking place in these places. Otherwise, they would allow the observers to go in. When you have claims of, you know, 10,000 people who don't live in the state of Nevada having voted in Nevada, you have the video showing where people are, you know, they're either they're either duplicating a, a spoiled ballot right there or they're in the process of just marking a ballot that came in blank for a voter. Uh, that's a process that needs to be observed by election observers. State law allows those observers to be in there. And if they're not, then the law is not being followed making this an illegitimate election. That was James Trainer. He's the chairman of the Federal Election Commission, and he should know. You know, the sad thing about all of this, and a lot of people have said to me and have said on the air, you know, it shouldn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat. This kind of criminality should not have happened anywhere in the Republic of the United States and in our election system. But that's not true. Democrats were formed fraudulently. Democrats have done nothing but create crime and confusion in every election since the inception of voting. It's going to keep on going, no matter what we do. And if you just look away and say, oh, well, it doesn't affect me, you're feeding the dragon. You're allowing the criminality to continue. I've had it. I've had it. I will not allow a Democrat to, to talk to me and tell me anything about their BS and about how great Biden's going to be and about great socialism is or how great communism is. That's it. I'm done with it. I will no longer take Schumer. I will no longer walk through Schumer. I will no longer allow Schumer to be shoveled at me or my family. And I will call a spade a spade. And I, you, if you guys don't do that, we're going to be suffering worse, worse face. Here's the problem. The United States, because of our warrior-like attitude, because of the fighters in the United States, and because we have weapons, if we decide to say no, hell is going to break loose. The elites out there, the social justice warriors out there, the communists, and I'm talking within the United States, the... Uh, Antifa, uh, the, the, even the, de- the Democrats, everyone, they have no freaking clue what the hell they're stepping into. Just because they get away with all of their crap in any of the communist-controlled cities, counties, and states, they think they can do it anywhere. Let's try that crap in Coeur d'Alene. They did once, we said no. But let's, let's say what happens, uh, let's, let, what happens if the, we actually have a court system that will that's willing to look at the fraud that has been uh, perpetrated in this election. They're going to throw the election out, or they're going to throw out millions of votes. And that's when Antifa and the rest of the communists get up on their high heels and start screaming and shooting. They're going to go try that in Montana. It's going to last about 38 seconds. They'll try it in Wyoming, 
where people there shoot a half a mile on a regular basis because it's a flat land. I I, I went out years ago with some hunters that were hunting on a farmer's land, and it was ground uh, ground squirrels. These things dig holes and the cattle step in them and, and break their legs. And so they pay people to go out and shoot them. They say, look, you come here. I don't care what caliber you use. You kill these things. I'll give you a bed and food and ammo. Here's guys out there with 300 wind mags shooting at three quarters of a mile. I built a rifle once, a 50 BMG. This guy did one mile shots and he killed about a half a dozen of those things every time his bullet hit the ground. It was, it was, I mean, that's a 50 BMG. So they're going to try this crap in various places. They're going to try the crap in Weed, California or North up around Shasta. They're going to disappear into the woods. There's going to be a lot of fresh fertilizer up there for the marijuana plants that people are growing up in Humboldt. But this is the thing. They they actually have been so emboldened. And this is what's happened in the past 20 years. Those that think they've been marginalized. And why do they think that? Because the mainstream media told them that. Because the poverty pimps told them that. Because their, their racist leaders told them, you're marginalized. You know that. You're just a dumb black. You can't do a damn thing without us giving you something. You can't do anything. That's why we're going to give you place to live and money. Pop out another baby, we'll give you another $1,100 a month. No big deal. Because, see, you're just a black. You can't do anything. And they've fallen for this crap, this lies. But they've been emboldened. So they think that they're in the right. And when the smoke clears, there's nobody going to be in the right. They're just going to be survivors. And that's it. This is what it's going to come down to. I don't want it to. I really don't. I've got other things I want to do. But my neck is not as precious as my honor. And I have stuck my neck out many times. And I have my pride that I have earned. Nobody hands me anything. My life, nobody handed me anything. Since I was six years old, I was helping my family by selling things, by working. And that hasn't stopped yet. Not that I don't want it to. I'd love to retire. So if I retired... Who'd run the survival enterprises? Yeah, that's the problem. Many of you people out there rely on the products that we have. So if I rely, what do I do? You know, any of you got quarter million dollars, I'll be glad to sell you the company. All right, enough of this crap. Pay attention to what's going on out there. Everything I said to you, everything I have said since I stepped into this microphone over two decades ago has been aimed at making you more powerful than you think you are, at making you more able than the enemy would ever want you to be. And it's been aimed at making you more willing to survive. Survival doesn't happen by accident. Maybe to a drowning puppy, but that's about it. Survival is something you actually have to participate in and be willing to achieve. I don't know what else to say. You know what really gets me? I have been trying for a month now to talk to you guys about prepping your car for winter. Because, well, winter's here, and I haven't had time. Because of all this election crap. See, I just like to get on with life. That's all. So you guys keep your nose in the air, your ear to the ground, pay attention, and screw a bunch of social distancing. This is the Armchair Survivalist signing off.